Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. We start out by going to them. Brian is on the line in New Hampshire. Brian Travis, uh, one of the early movers from the Free State Project. Uh, we talked to you last night. We've been talking with you over the last several weeks uh, after your home and property was raided by a bunch of cops and a whole lot of SPCA-affiliated uh, volunteers. They came in and they stole the horses, uh, many of your wife's horses, to, I think 12 out of 20, if I'm not mistaken. And they still have those horses. They aren't talking to the media. They're very shady, very shifty. They're not even following their own rules. They didn't... They didn't even warn you that this was coming, which, according to their own rules, they're supposed to, amongst other things. But now you've got an update for us. What's happening today? Well, today, they, uh, they, they, the sergeant told me last week that, you know, he could bring back six of the horses if we could prove that there's enough shelter. Uh, and I said, what about the other six? Oh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll call you. You know, we'll be in touch. So, um, uh I reluctantly invited them over here. I felt like I was being burglarized. Uh, today they had their camera, and this uh, uh, guy from the SPCA uh, came by, too, and it was all I could do to contain my, uh, maintain my composure. It was the same guy, the same uh, Steve Sproul, the bureaucrat? Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, I said nothing. Uh, we had a lawyer here. Uh, he did the talking, and... Uh, they came and said, uh, uh, "Well, it was um, the, the 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 shelters were adequate, but they had some they had some draft holes in the back, and so it wasn't to you know there there were some slats in the back to let some air through during the summer because we're almost summer." And they said, "Oh well, that's not going to keep the snow off the horse." And you know the law says three sided shelter it doesn't say they have to not let the snow through, but that's another issue. Anyway, they said everything looks fine, and we'll get back to you. And then um, uh, they uh, showed the charges, and like I predicted last night, uh, Heidi was charged with some uh, some of the breaking some of their statutes, their rules. So, so they have at this point. Did they arrest her, or just give her like a complaint or a citation or something? Well, giving a complaint and a citation is the arrest. Yeah. So that's true, but uh, she didn't get cuffed and taken down, down to the station where they. Uh, you know, gave her the complaints, and we went through that whole process, the the booking or whatever they call it. So she did get and actually uh, taken to the police station? Yes, they have to do the fingerprinting and all that crap. Uh, and then, you know, the bail bondsman was there, and 40 bucks, and we're out. So uh, that's where we are. Now, what, what I said last night that we found out was, of course, they're going to press charges, because if they don't press charges, then our little town is responsible for the uh, the vet bills, and, you know, whatever uh, uh, shelter and mileage and, you know, wh- whatever the expenses were incurred in taking care of the horses for the last couple of weeks. But if she's so found no guilty for saying your horses are OK, you know, they want the money. But so if, now, uh, by, by pressing these charges, you know, we've got to pay for all that. Right. If she's found guilty, then she'll be responsible. She'll be liable for all of those charges, whatever they whatever arbitrary amount they decide. Oh, well, you know, it's, uh, let's see, that cost us twenty thousand dollars. Or whatever it is they, right, they yeah. end up determining. Right. I mean, they're, they're at the Ritz-Carlton right now, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, gosh, Brian. So, so what, are the, the, what are the charges? Afternoon. I'm sorry? What are the charges? Do you, can you enumerate them? Are there multiple? Uh, what, 
Is it one per horse? Yeah, you know, you know what they do. They just kind of count them up. There, there's two categories. Uh, one of them is a failure to uh, provide shelter by their rules. Uh, 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 their rules say that between November 1st and April 15th, you have to provide a three-sided shelter with a roof, uh, uh, you know, for, for all the horses. And we had that, of course, but we didn't want to show them when they came to ask in November because, you know, stay off my property. It's none of your business. Yeah. So that's when they came in with the search warrant, you know, after the, the long winter. You know, they came in just about spring with the search warrant. So if they really thought the horses were in danger, they Why should didn't they move you know, sooner? Time. Yeah. And, and the other charge is uh, uh, a couple of counts of uh, uh, not feeding them enough or something like that. I, I don't really know. I don't have it. The lawyer has all that. Are these misdemeanors? Violations? Yes. Yes. Yes and yes? I'm sorry, a Class B misdemeanor. Class B. Okay, so that means that she's not facing, my understanding is that means she's not facing time in jail, but they will most certainly likely do something like uh, try to fine her. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. The, the lawyer is looking into all that. Uh, they, they didn't even fill out the paperwork, the charges right. <laughs> and they're already starting to back not. off on the uh, uh, on the amount of, of money that they say they owe us. Uh, we owe them for the care of the horses for the last two weeks. So, so what do you? Uh, it should be interesting. I really can't say much more. I'm sorry. You know, I'm under the a, lawyer. Uh, kind of huh? a, a self-imposed okay. gag rule from the uh, from the attorney while we figure out how the, how this is all going to play out. So I won't be um, uh, able to uh, fill you guys in as much as as I used to be. Now that there's actual charges and there's uh, you know kind of a strategy here for dealing with them. Well, I, I don't know um, how much money they can actually demand. I'm sitting here looking at the front page of the New Hampshire, New Hampshire SPCA website, and there's a little box on here that says, Thank you, thank you, thank you. The New Hampshire SPCA would like to extend our deepest thank you to our community. We experienced an outpouring of generosity for several horses that were in need of temporary housing uh, and uh, donations. So and then they also have a picture. They don't really show the the full horse. All they show oh, they, is the they head. They sent here. out uh, the SPCA sent out use this front page article uh, in the Union Leader uh, last week or right after the raid a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Two front page articles, two days in a row. Uh, they used that. They had the the balls to use that uh, to to send out a, a donation soliciting you know to send a, a press release soliciting donations. Right. Oh, so you know this is the largest you know. Uh, Seizure in, in uh, you know uh, history or you right. know, in, in, in uh, recent memory. Uh, you know we need your donations. So so, so you know, after all this, could have got twenty thousand bucks donations for this stuff, and we you know and we have to pay for the care. No, everyone else has already paid for there, the care. Of yeah, but it's not going to work out that way. I, it's interesting that you guys are pointing this out because when all this washes out, the way it's the way they'd like to see it play out is that you and Heidi have to uh, pay through the nose, however much they decide that you have to pay, because the judge will probably determine that you not only have to pay for the uh, you know the SPCA's fees, but you also have to pay some sort of punitive fine. Uh, plus, they'll also also get all this extra money, as they said, this record amount of money that came in from the uh, the saps around the the state that think that they're doing the right thing. So they're cashing in all left and right, all over the place. Yeah, see, that's not going to happen though, because the judge isn't going to decide this. If it if it's going to go that far, there's going to be a jury, and the SPCA is going to be the one on trial, not Heidi. And they know this thing, and we'll see what happens. And all right, I so you're you're not getting. Shouldn't say anymore. So you guys aren't going to necessarily give in and and pay the fine. I don't know if you can even answer that question, but. You're continuing. Oh, hell no. To... Wait, no you can't way. answer the question, or you're not going to pay the fine. We're not going to give in. No, not not now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. I'll keep us as much in the loop as you can. Okay, Brian. 
Okay, we'll do, guys. All right, good luck out there with that lawyer stuff. 800-259-9231. It's usually the lawyer that says, don't talk about this, right? Yes. Isn't that usually how it works? Yep. So I don't know how it could how it would be that talking about your situation would harm you, but I guess they believe that to be the case. And it's their case. Well, they don't want to, somebody to say something that's damaging, so the best way for that to avoid that is to tell them not to talk at all. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue here with Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point something out about uh, political debate. There's a couple of uh, things. First of all, one technique that I use on one of my websites there is to take uh, pictures off of congressional websites of the congressmen uh, talking with constituents, mm-hmm. and then I add voice balloons in which the congressman offers the lame excuse for the government to violate people's rights, and then another voice balloon pointing to the citizen uh, rebutting that. You know, there's a technique that people can use on political websites there uh, to help it, because it, picture, it has people who visit that site picture themselves, uh, you know, actually bringing the debate to the elected officials. Plus, you can also put words in the politicians' mouths. Thanks for the call, Tom. Eight <laughs> I, I happen to agree. I think it's kind of a funny ta- uh, tactic. Yeah, I, I, it, sounds, it sounds fun. Taking uh, pictures of Congress people, putting word balloons up to them, and uh, making them say whatever you want them to say. I mean, they, you usually don't have to make it up, though. They, they put their feet in their own mouths plenty often for you to just take their own quotes if you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. In fact, you spoke to a bunch of politicians re- uh, recently, Sam. We might talk about that coming up. Take your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Features including the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. You can go over and see for yourself. Wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is offering 12 different seminars this summer in locations across the country. Participation is free, and the IHS covers meals and housing. Seminars are for those simply curious about libertarian philosophy to those passionate about liberty, even those who want career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures relevant to each career path. Go to LibertarianSeminars.com and register today. The deadline is March the 31st. It's coming up quickly. Go to LibertarianSeminars.com for your seminar this summer. Coming up here tonight, uh, we may talk about this <laughs> laughable uh, newspaper bailout bill that they're looking at at the national level. But but first, let's uh, let's talk about what happened with you last week, Sam. You weren't able to come on the show just because we have so many darn co-hosts, we can't fit them all into uh, to one week's time frame. But uh, you went out to the city the city council meeting here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is where we do this show. And this was kind of the first splash, the first initial splash of free staters and liberty activists um, invading the city council chambers here in New Hampshire. It was a, a peaceful invasion. Yes. Uh, in fact, they were lauding you for how nice you were about it on the radio this, this past weekend. But you wanted to comment, I guess, 
or you wanted to comment on some of the comments that uh, your appearance has been receiving on the internet, and the video is available. I think it is it on Freekeen's channel. I think we put it up there, right? Free yes, Freekeen.com. You can go and I know it's on Freekeen.com. You can definitely see it there. I think so, and I added it as a favorite to uh, my channel. No, that's right. It's, it's actually it's. It's Coconut's, Coconut's channel. So you yep. can just go to freekeen.com and scroll down a bit, and you'll you'll find the video of Sam and another activist, Patrick, here in the area, really just telling the city council what's for. And you did a fantastic job. I was really impressed. I thought it, I thought it went over very well, and I think it's going to pave the way for more of this kind of uh, stuff happening in the future, which I know it's uh, it's gotten a lot of uh, people excited, people that heretofore had looked at what was going on in the Keene area and said, well, yeah, it's mostly the voluntarist outside the system stuff, but this is kind of like outside the system people now coming into the system and really just not really being respectful, but at the same time not doing what they're expecting you to. And uh, your thoughts? With, with honesty, really, is, yeah. is all I went in and did. And I, I was really surprised and kind of taken back by the response. I, I think uh, I, I didn't think it was such a big deal for me to go in and do that and to say what I did, I, I was really surprised at, at what some people said. Um, now, I do also go back and, and look around when I get time at some of the comments and the response to the story. And on Blog of Bile, there were some interesting comments. And I'm going to read one of them here. It says, good speech, poor reading. Uh, they should have memorized them so they could better connect with their audience. Uh, I watch poetry readings every other weekend, and I'll tell you this. If you're not memorizing what you're going to say, you're not really trying. I bet a little charisma would go a long way in this movement. And well, it, I, you know, I I I can't disagree that I felt I saw I, first I read the speech and then I uh, saw the delivery of the speech and I have to say that you know it, like the delivery wasn't so great and I went in front of uh, the governor uh, what a couple of weeks ago and I had a speech that I'd been preparing for a long time I'd memorized that thing I delivered it to myself in the mirror many times and yeah that's crap. it was crappy. Um, like my my delivery, delivery was bad. So how would you say uh, I was standing in front of the governor of the state of Florida and I was a little nervous, you know, and how many times have you delivered a speech in front of a city council now? Uh, that was the second time. Number two. Okay. So, like, maybe there's a learning curve to delivering speeches in front of uh, governmental bodies where... Giving speeches, can, period. Right. Well, is, where they can throw you in jail is even, you know, like, it adds a little something to it. That's true, yeah. There's the aspect them. of power right. um, involved. and. You know, I, so there weren't any cops. I asked Sam this. There weren't any cops in the city council uh, chambers, and I said, you know, if the free staters and the liberty activists keep showing up, it's not going to be long before they start bringing cops to these meetings. Wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, Mark, I, I hear you. Let me say what I put into this speech. I, I heard about it earlier that day. I, I don't follow the city council meeting. I really don't care what they're out there doing. Um, it, it was something that Patrick, one of the other, one of the new movers to the Keene area, had posted, and I saw it about five o'clock that day. Started thinking, well, what would I go and talk about? Do I want to go and give this speech? And so, about six o'clock, I finally decide, all right, I'm going to do it. I sit down at the computer. I typed up the speech in 30 minutes. I went downstairs, gave it to a couple friends. They gave me some feedback. I went and changed a couple things about the co-op aspect to make it a little more friendly towards them. And then I printed it out, and I, I went. I had read through the thing one time. Um, I, I didn't spend a lot of time preparing this. I didn't have a lot of time to go and prepare this. I, I have other things going on that I'm working on, and this is really not the top priority on my on my list of things to go and do. Now, Sam, I'm sure you already know this, but just to, just to reiterate it and for anybody listening, I think it's easy uh, to, to get caught up in what other people think about what you've done. 
And, uh, of course, right. everybody on the Internet is a critic, right? Because right. Yes. they hide behind the security of their keyboards and, oh, well, I think that all libertarians should be skilled orators before they go in <laughs> and speak. You need to take six months of Toastmasters before you go speak to the Look, city council. But how many times have they gone exactly. and done the very same thing? If anything, you just going there and doing that is it's stepping out of one's own boundaries. It's doing something unusual. Of course, you're going to be excited about what you're doing, and that could take over some of your your uh, abilities to uh, communicate as effectively as you might otherwise be able to. But, I mean, it takes practice. And for everybody to just think that you can walk through the door and be just perfect at this activism stuff the first time out is ludicrous. You know what they say about opinions, Sam. You could be in your yard shoveling manure, and someone would come along with a little suggestion about how you could best shovel the manure. They won't pick up a shovel, mind you. They'll just tell you how to do it properly. Yeah, and that's exactly the point I wanted to bring up here. So take it with a grain of salt well, is what I'm trying to say. But I, I welcome feedback. Sure. I, I want to know what kind of impact uh, my speech is having on people. I think there's value to feedback, there's but I lot. think at the same time, you you know, you can't take it too seriously. And because there's, there's always going to be other people who will say the opposite, who will just, you know, lavish praise upon you like, like me. <laughs> yeah, and there's a saying that says, those who can do those who cannot teach, teach yeah. <laughs> and you know the updated version may be those who can do those who cannot Comment tell other blogs. people what they should do <laughs> yeah. on the internet and uh, you know this is this is really what the free state project is about it's not about sitting back and saying oh well you should be doing it this way if you only spent you know your whole day preparing this speech and and memorizing it and practicing your delivery and by the way i could have done that i i used to get paid and sent around the world I, you know i was flown to to southern france to go deliver a speech at a at a telecom conference so i know how to give good speeches um you know i, I could have done that but I, it just wasn't that important to me it's a city council meeting who cares it's a bunch of politicians yeah and, and you know the the free state project is really about people who want to get up and do things and break ground and this what i did i think is going to open the door and show people what's possible i'm not following in in anybody's footsteps that i know of i've never seen a speech like that delivered to the city council but i think i'm going to we're going to start seeing a lot more of those as people stand up and get active and and do you know what they think is best so if this is something if you see something like that don't think about, you know, how could I tell this guy he did it wrong? Think about how could I do it better? How, how could, could I, I set the it? example? How could I go up there and show everybody how to do it better so they can follow my lead? Yes, because that's what we need more of. Leadership. Yeah. Leadership. 800-259-9231. The instigators, people to take the lead on things. You can bring up whatever you want. Take the lead on Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. And this is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. 
And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those totally free, including updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. I just sent out an update actually just before the show announcing that we now have an agreement with Newegg of Canada. And of course, we've talked to you before about how if you buy computer parts through Newegg.freetalklive.com, Newegg, of course, being probably the most prominent computer parts vendor on the Internet, just incredibly useful uh, website and great prices as well. But if you buy parts through Newegg.freetalklive.com, CDEvolution.org, the fund that's been set up to help, uh, to help support civil disobedience and non-cooperative activists up here in New Hampshire... They will benefit from your purchases if you buy through Newegg.freetalklive.com. But that was only for the U.S. Newegg, and apparently there's a Canadian Newegg, and now we've got to deal with them. So if you go to Newegg.freetalklive.com and you're in Canada, you should automatically be routed to the Newegg Canada version of their website. That's the so, theory, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it seems to work most of the time, and if it doesn't work uh, for you, you can just, if you want, you can add a CA after Newegg, so newegca.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to it. Or Newegg US for the US one, if you want to guarantee to get to the right site. Because the, the script is just, you know, it's not perfect, but it does a pretty good job. So newegg.freetalklive.com to get the computer parts you need and benefits civil disobedience, the CD Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Gentlemen. John, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I'm happy to see the whole crew there, uh, my friend Sam. Uh, I'm happy to see that you're there because uh, I wanted to, uh, I'm glad that I had two-week cooling off period because I was unhappy two weeks ago when you guys were at Milford Court. Oh, yeah. I'll ask you to, you know, if you, if you need to go back and listen to the uh, the evening when, when that happened, when you were yelling, a whole different uh, attitude than than I expect from you. Tonight you're talking about being nice and respectful, and uh, I know that you're into the law of attraction. Back mm-hmm. then, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think you got kind of hyped up and you were yelling and interrupting. And, oh, uh, can we explain okay. for our I listeners what he's referring a... to, Sam? Can you can you talk about what John is referring to for people that just tuning are just tuning in? Sure. So, uh, you know, I walked into the uh, Milford Court there with my camera and my press pass uh, on me, and the bailiffs took it upon themselves to send me over to the court clerk's window. To uh, first off, they told me I couldn't bring the camera into the lobby there which it's a public building they have no right to do that they sent me over to get a motion i was exercising a right didn't really need a motion because motioning is begging right motioning is asking for permission yeah it's converting a a right into a privilege and really them you're a good guy remember that Okay. <laughs> don't want to act like a bad guy. There. Well, hang on. We got we got we got to let Sam get through the explanation okay, for I'm people who don't know what we're talking about here. So, uh, I you know kind of explain that a little bit to the the folks at the window. It doesn't take long. Well, first off, they wouldn't even give me their name. These are public officials refusing to give their name, which is really a, a huge problem that needs to be addressed. <laughs> Sorry, throwing the studio cat out of my lap here. Um, and so it didn't take long before, you know, they walked away from me while I'm sitting there trying to talk to them at the window. I had to stick my mouth up to the little hole and say, hey, who are you? Are you refusing to identify yourself? That got the judge's attention in the back. They called for a hearing with Ian and I in there. Um, they invited us up to the table. And that's at that point, I realized so that it would be on the record. Do you remember that, Ian? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, at that point, I realized, OK, 
this is a proceeding, and all proceedings are open to the public. So I just turned around, walked to the back door, opened the door, hit the bailiff who was guarding the outside of the door and not letting anyone in, and said, hey, if anybody wants to see this judge deny freedom of the press, come on in. Well, the bailiff decides, no, he's not going to let anybody into these courtroom proceedings. Again, breaking the law, denying all these people in their right to a public trial, to public proceedings. Uh, the judge saw this and did absolutely nothing about it. So, you know, she becomes an accomplice at this point. Now, what John is pointing out is, though, that during a lot of this, your voice was raised and you're very, you, you, you looked upset. You seemed to sure. be agitated and you were basically, and uh, and I thought it was amusing, <laughs> but, but you were basically doing to the government what they normally do to other people. Yeah. And John is contrasting that to what this we were saying earlier. What we were saying earlier about, you know, being more respectful in front of the city council, and he's, he's wondering why there's that discrepancy. Is that, is that pretty much where you're coming from, John? Can, yeah, if I, I was just going to say, can I, if I can jump sure. in. Sure, yeah. It seemed, it, I mean, I enjoy this. I, I like, you know, th- these are not the type of things that I'm going to personally do. I love what Sam is doing. I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that. Um, Sam's a very brilliant man and a fun guy to be around and all that stuff. I, I would say to Sam... I don't think this was his best day because it seemed like the yelling and the interrupting was part of the fun, and that's not. It was. You no, know, we want to be the good guys, right? We don't want to. We don't want to come off looking like well, troublemakers. I don't know that about that. I mean, you know, what they were doing was patently illegal. They're sitting there denying people in their rights. They're not following their own rules, and they know they're doing it. It's one thing when they don't know they're doing it, and I think that's a time to. Gently, you know, for persuasion, where you're saying, you know, look, the law says this, this, and this, and you're doing this, and give them the opportunity to do the right thing. When they absolutely know that they're just going to stick it to these stupid activists who would dare come in here and, and, you know, bring people and and defy our system and so forth, then I I think it calls for a slightly different tact. And I also didn't have all of the uh, laws memorized. I couldn't pull that together. It was another, you know, last-minute thing that I decided to just go and do. So my goal was really to throw the bureaucrats off guard to get them nervous and on the defensive, and I I think that was pretty successful. I, I think I, so, too. I, I, I thought I it was... It, yes, sir? I think it was very effective, but the only thing that I... When I listened to it on Free Talk Live mm-hmm. that night, I came off thinking, and somebody else said this to me, it sounded like some you know rich kid that's used to yelling at the help. Uh, okay. Um, okay. It, can't, it, it really left a bad taste, and like I said, I'm glad that I took you know a couple of weeks cooling off because I was so unhappy. I was actually taking notes, and I don't normally do that. I was like, I got, I got to really talk to Sam about that. And, and John, I, I don't know how to do it other than my friend, the law of attraction. You know what that's about. Yeah. If these, if you want to be yelling and 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 doing and 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 it, some people would say rude. You know, it's it's always a thin line, and, and you're doing it on the fly. You're doing it. You're there live. It's easy for me to sit back at home and say, "Hmm, how would I have done that?" I understand that. But John, what you were say, what you're saying right now is exactly what I was talking about in the last segment with the feedback that people get. You didn't come on and say, "Oh, you should have done this, this, and this," and you should have said this. You're saying my experience was rich kid who. Uh, you know, is used to yelling at the help. That that's great. That's something that I can take and say, okay, how can I shift my message to still be firm and still put these guys on the defensive? That's what without somebody said coming to me off that about way. how it looked. Yep. Um, I think it's good advice. You know, dude, you, you're awesome in what you're doing, and I appreciate it. But I I just want to say, if you go back and listen to that archive, 
you'll you I think that you're going to agree that okay. not your best I will. day. That that is not that's not the image that you want to have is is the guy that's like yelling at people and 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 um, just trying to be not really intimidating, but kind of like embarrassing them. I I understand embarrassing on one level, but it, it was just. Anyway. What about raising one's voice? Is that considered yelling? Is it is if one is raising one's voice to uh, to make a point? Uh, because because I can see where Sam is coming from. Sam is basically saying he let him know, hey, you know, you're breaking the law. What you're doing here is illegal. This is what your rules say. You're not doing this. And then they continue to break the law even after they've been informed of the fact that they, they you know, they're breaking their own code. Then I think it's I I think you're justified in raising your voice to make your point, Sam, especially because you're on camera. And I just think it's more entertaining it as is. far as you know, the madman Sam comes in and <laughs> is yelling at the court. <laughs> bureaucrats i think there's something to that but i also think there's absolutely something to what john is saying at the same time so it's a tough tough uh, balancing act yeah think, you know I, I think that sam's usual sam's usual demeanor is much more effective than than if if people just had that one day to go on they would say hmm i'm not so sure that this is the way these are people that i want to support john thanks sam's for your thoughts as always dude we're short on time i thank you for the call i'll say two quick things one you know people get excited over a football game we're talking about freedom and liberty here. And number two, uh, I number two, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. I'm Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You can buy used items, brand new, in dozens of categories. Uh, in dozens of categories over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, there are, there's a lot of stuff, and you can save a lot of money because they don't have to pay for all of the overhead of running uh, actual storefront locations. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get your shopping done. Plus, you can read reviews of just about everything that they sell, which is really helpful in the buying process. Again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, Bile is on the line on the amp line in New Jersey. Hello, Bile. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey Bile. What's on your mind? Oh, I wanted uh, two segments ago, I want, uh, Sam brought up the comment on my blog about uh, his speech, his and Patrick's speech. And I just wanted to uh, say something that was left out when uh, Sam had quoted that. So after uh, Bosco, a friend of mine who was up at the Liberty Forum, he, he made that comment. I told him that maybe he should go over to freekeen.com and, and give a little uh, constructive criticism and uh, tell Sam and Patrick about that comment. And the first, the very next thing that Bosco says is, I think the best strategy would be to put my money where my mouth is and move to Keen and actually do it. Yep, I so, agree. So you he actually know just, this guy and you think that he's actually telling the truth? Uh, absolutely. He's oh, one of great. my best friends. Oh, and, fantastic. I mean, he, he, he's planning on moving up to Keen with me. So Great. Well, that's fantastic. So then we'll see here, uh, see him here, and he can set the example for everyone else and show him how it's done. Well, I, I'm just saying that, you know, he's not. it's not as if he doesn't do anything and is just criticizing from the sidelines. Oh, yeah. And but I, there are a lot of people like that, you would admit. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying he he's not. I mean, he does. He goes out and does his own thing, and, and he's planning on moving up to New Hampshire. Great. Look forward like to seeing him when he gets here. 
Uh, cool. So, so we, hopefully, if things go well, we'll be up there in a year or so, less than a year. Great. Anything else on your mind tonight, Bob? No, that's all. All right. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we continue with Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. How you doing? First, mind, Sam, Dan. I wanted to say, uh, uh, when you uh, took on those um, those bureaucrats there at the court, you reminded me a lot of uh, Jimmy Justice, the, the fellow that uh, took on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never that's even a, made that connection, but that's a great observation. I Jimmy know, Justice, if, if, if for our listeners that haven't seen Jimmy Justice, he... He's awesome and so brave, uh, maybe a little crazy, but you know that might, might, might be what it takes to make some changes happen. He's in the streets of New York City with a video camera catching evidence, which apparently is pretty easy to find, of city bureaucrats like parking enforcers particularly doing parking violations. So the enforcers themselves caught in the act of violating, then when they come out of the donut shop or the or McDonald's... Or the lunch place where they're parked in front of the pot fire hydrant, he's sitting there with his camera. And he yells and, and he <laughs> uh, he curses at them, and he's much he's much meaner than, uh, than Sam was. And one of the things I pointed out to Sam during the break about the way he handled those courtroom bureaucrats was he, he didn't call them names like, you know, hey, you fat uh, so-and-so, or you're an ugly <laughs> mofo, or whatever, and he didn't... He he, he he could have been really mean and nasty, but he was just. I think I think you were more firm than anything else, and and you were essentially demanding your rights, and yes. that's pretty much what you're doing. I, I I think the way people. This was the second point that I forgot at the end of the segment. The way people need to look at public officials. These are public servants in your employee. The, these are your employees. That's what they claim. And when your employees are not following the rules, what do you do? You need to get onto them and correct that mistake. And, you know, the, the way these people respond is by some, having something that affects them or something that they think is going to directly impact them. And you have to remember that these people are effectively shielded from any kind of negative consequences. It takes a lot to, uh, to go after one of these bureaucrats in a way that's going to affect them personally because the system's set up to protect them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know, if they're public servants and stuff, you just tell them, hey, um, you, you're a public servant, huh? Well, then check my oil and clean my windshield, you schmuck. <laughs> no, well, see, that, that's what <laughs> yeah, I would not calling. About yeah. That. yeah. Okay, but but um, the, the the other thing I wanted to talk to Ian about, he had brought up about the market signals, and this is the real reason why I wanted to call the show today. Um, obviously, there's um, some other folks that that the WKBK that aren't as. Uh, as that's one of our radio affiliates. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that aren't as freedom minded, and I'd like to be able to see what you think as far as to be able to distill the message and get it get it to where they can understand regarding market signals. I thought that was brilliant what you said. But, I mean, I, Are you I, referring I, to the, the calls? I, I, we have to remember, Dan, we're talking to an international audience that may not be in the loop with what you're talking about. Are you referring to a call that I made to a local talk show on Saturday morning? Uh, well, you had mentioned just something earlier about, about market signals. I wanted to uh, know how we could condense that and get it to where they could understand... Uh, in dealing with with those folks on Saturday, on the Saturday morning, how uh, a statist could understand market signals is that what you're you're asking about? Yeah, and and you know how they could how they could best uh, be able to get our, our message through to them, and and using the the concept of market market signals as far as um, you know how that would work better. Well, and okay, it's a good question, Dan. Thanks for the call. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. 
he's talking about this show that uh, that airs here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. It's a couple of local politicians pretty much every Saturday morning talking about local issues. And liberty activists make a point of calling into that show. Sam, uh, you and I pretty much are weekly callers. Others uh, also are relatively regular. And, of course, we're inviting more people to participate just because it's fun to call in and and, uh, hold their feet to the flame and ask them questions and things like that. And and Dan's question is, well, how do you communicate to these, these statists that are not the most hardcore of statists, most of them? How do you communicate the idea of market signals to a statist? And I think that at least up here um, in New Hampshire, the politicians are just a they're just a little bit better than, you know, your average politicians around the country. They they do still somewhat understand the idea of live free or die. And they they are with the idea of freedom on a number of issues. And the way the government's set up up here, you're dealing with pretty much average folks, not professional politicians. So I think that uh, I think that one of the ways to get a message to these people is repetition. And of course, if you aren't feeling like you're getting your message through, then you can try back another time and you can reconstruct your message. And I guess that's what he was asking for: is how best to to communicate uh, that idea. I, I think one of the most effective ways to get an idea across that challenges somebody's paradigm is really to ask questions. If you're doing most of the talking, then you're probably not doing it right. That's and a great point. This is something I really need to work on a lot. Um, I have a tendency to jump on there and just start, oh, well, yeah, 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 because we have all these ideas that we've heard and we've done all the research and we've seen all the story after story after story that it that really proves our point and, and, you know, just makes it clear that this is the best logical solution, but they haven't. So... Finding a way to ask questions and also give some personal examples that really kind of tie in with uh, with something in their life, something that they can connect with, something that will make it real for them, and asking it in a way that makes it really hard for them to deny. Now, politicians on the specific uh, issue of market signals, politicians are not immune from market signals. They're just insulated from most of them. Yes. Uh, They're insulated from caring about what what most (laughs) of the market signals are that they're getting. Politicians usually only respond most to market signals during election season when they're Mm -hmm. trying to win or win back or continue to uh, win the political seat that they're aspiring toward. Or when something really outrageous happens that the public just becomes enraged about and they start getting hundreds of calls. That's about the only two events that they really care about. Right. And and the reason why they would take action in that particular case is because they don't want those hundreds of people that called to remember what they did yep. when the election season They want it to along. just blow over and go away. So the real hot the real hot time for politicians to respond to signals is around election season. That's when you'll see them actually, you know, on radio shows answering questions. That's when you'll uh, you'll be able to approach them in public and possibly get some sort of around the beat around the bush answer out of them. Uh, but but once the election is over, it's like well, many of them will disappear. Uh, they, they're not interested in talking to their constituents anymore. And that's not as much the case up here in New Hampshire because the representatives represent a ver- so-called they represent a very small amount of people. So they're much easier to access. They don't have aides. They don't have staff members. You call their are, house. Yeah, you're literally calling their, you know, their home office and their kids are picking up the phone. So it's not hard uh, to get them on the phone. But the senators are much more insulated here in New Hampshire. There are only like 20 of them. Right, and but they've got the, staffs. They've got people that will filter their calls and things like that. Even the state senator gave her cell phone number out on the radio the other uh, yeah. few weeks ago. And I wrote, uh, I believe it was for this me- medical marijuana bill. This Which passed, by the way, with it flying did. colors today. Is it law now? No, it passed the House. Oh, okay. So it's a complicated process they like. 
Anyway, but I I got five emails back from I think I I think there were six or eight in the list that I had emailed to, and I got a response from most of them. So it was really surprising. But I haven't really pointed out how the differences, the comparison between the the few, the very insulated situation that politicians are uh, under with market signals and having a very very uh, small amount of market signals coming into them, compared to the average business owner. And that's the comparison I think you want to make on that issue. We can come back and talk more about it. Take your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch here into hour number two of the program, again, bring up anything at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge for their websites, and ours is free. In fact, we give more away on our site than they charge you for. Uh, So see it for yourself at freetalklive.com. We go to your phone call. Ladies first, Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, hon. Where have you been, Paula? Well, I've been busy. My husband uh, had heart surgery. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, and the VA really screwed him up bad. uh, They're not reading patients' files. And he he didn't even have high blood pressure. They put him on one a long time ago. Then this other doctor actually sort of put him on another one. They didn't know he was taking two of them. Oh my gosh! His veins collapsed after the bypass, so they had to go in there. And he almost died. We had to rush him to the hospital. Jeez. And um, anyway, they had to put some stents in. And uh, now, when you rushed him to the hospital, did you rush him to a real hospital or the VA yeah. hospital? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I figured. And so then the VA ambulance came and got him and took him to, to Gainesville. Hmm. Being why, um, the thing is, when uh, see the Gainesville and, and another hospital, Shans, they work together. So I called Shans to let them know. I mean, they were really furious. I mean, they're not reading, you know, patients' files. There's no communications. But what do they have to? There's why do they no care? Incentive. Right. Yeah. But anyway, we just got some news. They said that What's um, going on? our post offices are, are almost having to shut down. They said they don't have enough money to last. So hey, nobody to... will get bills anymore if the post office shuts <laughs> down, right? Anyway, they're going to Congress to get some money in. They just said that all this money that Obama wants to spend, they said he will have a $14.5 trillion debt after four years. Sounds believable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they're telling, you know, the representatives, I mean, they're, they don't want this happening. They want to find, you know, other ways. Like they said, why don't we give everybody a tax break for a while? Yeah, that's you not going to happen. 
Yeah, well, anyway, um, they're trying some way to, you know, to stop Obama, and, and people need to call him. He's got a, a number you They can't stop him. Obama. Oh, that's so silly. I mean, it's a Democrat majority in New in uh, in the national scene, and the Republicans are going right along with them. I mean, the, the vote on the National Service Act only had a, a very small amount of dissenters. I think in the Senate it was like 16 people dissenting, so it's very clear that the road to tyranny is going to be a bipartisan paved road. Uh, it's... That's the reality of what you know. Yeah. What, what's going on the other, there? The other night with Alex, he was you know he was talking about what you know plans they had about starting to put people in FEMA camps, you know, and stuff like this. And uh, this national service plan he wants to do, I told the resident, I said, you better not even vote for it because the House passed it, the Senate's supposed to vote, and I told him, I said, you better not even vote on this. I mean, how does he expect to pay for it? There's no money to pay for it. They'll oh, print there's it out. Money, they'll just print it. Yeah, they'll just print it. <laughs> Yeah, they printed up a trillion dollars the other day, last they Friday. Did? Didn't say a word to con- Congress. Didn't control the money, not the Treasury. Well, well apparently no. not. No. Yeah, and so I told him, I said, why don't you have this guy arrested? I said, he violated the law. What guy? That's the head of the Treasury. He, he had trillion dollars printed up, never said anything to anybody, never went to Congress with it. Congress controls the money, not well, the Treasury. Well, yeah, but the, the trillion dollars was printed because nobody would loan it, so they just had to make it up. Right, because Congress wanted the money, see? Yeah. Say, Congress said, we want this money for blah, 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 I'm going to pay our buddies off and, you know, buy people out or whatever, uh, buy this bad debt. And so then the Federal Reserve acted at their behest, Paula. It wasn't as though they just, or the Treasury uh, and the Federal Reserve, I guess they worked together. But Federal they, Reserve is not even federal. I know. Oh, wow. That's it's really, yep, yeah, that's something that's popular to say. Um, but they are that's federal true. in that they do have an exclusive monopoly deal on printing out the money that the federal government has an exclusive monopoly uh, coercive force uh, over. And the FBI goes after anybody that competes with them, as happened with the Liberty Dollar. Right. So they are not federal in that they're privately run, but they are federal in that they are essentially a wing of the, uh, of the federal government. Thank you, Paula, for the call. Always okay. nice to hear from right. you at 800-259-9231. You know, the story uh, that you mentioned about the post office that is uh, in the news today, where, according to the AP, the post office is going to run out of money this year unless Good. it gets help. Postmaster General begged Congress on Wednesday as he sought permission to cut delivery to five days a week. I think they should cut it back to one day. I mean, I don't really just cut it. Go ahead, cut it way back. I don't care. Why bother? You know, why bother with five days a week? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of like getting my mail uh, five days, uh, six days a week. Actually, is maybe they should only move, get it. Maybe they should only but, move it around the country one day a week. You know, make um, sure to save money on gasoline. I am with you. I think that uh, the post office is a uh, is, is an organization that needs competition. They, they, you know, the the idea that they have uh, their con- comp- competition legislated against that's a problem. I, I don't get mail at the house, and I uh, wanted to actually pull the mailbox off, but the, my roommate uses uh, Netflix, so. Mm-hmm. She wants those delivered to the house, so uh, it's going to stay there. But if she moves out, I'll probably just pull it down and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting experiment. <laughs> so the story is that they lost $2.8 billion last year, and they're looking at even larger losses this year. Uh, this year, They say that if they were to reduce mail delivery from six days to five per week, it could save $3.5 billion annually. But what it happens? Could, but it won't. <laughs> <laughs> What happens after that? What happens if they continue losing money after that? Because we know the post office, because they don't have competition in the marketplace, they don't have the right incentives to get out there and do business and to innovate and to provide customers with a great service and a great product at a good price. They don't have any of those incentives. They have more of an incentive now than they used to because FedEx and UPS can operate at over a certain amount. They can operate at amounts that are above first-class mail. 
but they uh, they can't compete in the realm of first-class mail, so that's just kind of always stagnated. And, of course, as less people are using first-class mail and turning to things like email to send out bills, for instance, I mean, that's one of the only reasons why the post office exists is to send out bills uh, as well as uh, advertisements. So as people start cutting back on ad budgets and they start cutting back on their their use of the actual first-class mail service, the post office is going to continue well, suffering greater and greater losses. Once people realize that the only thing they're getting out of their, uh, you know, their uh, post office box, the little the little box that they gave to the government when they stuck it out in front of their house, um, once they're the only the only thing that they're getting is pizza coupons, uh, they, that'll be it for the post office because it's. That, that's about all I get these days. Well, the government has sent me threats through the post uh, <laughs> post office. Threats yeah. and pizza. Right. right. Well, there's... Uh, um, Cato, I wish they'd send me pizza. The That'd Cato Institute at Cato.org has a uh, really great uh, article on why the post office isn't private and you know how it gets all kinds of government funding. Often people from the post office will call in and say that, well, it's private now. No, 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 it's not. And so there's an article over there if you want to go check it out. Well, because the uh, the post office was it Cato that has the history of the post office where it just goes way back and it just traces the the coercive, violent history of the post office. I know that article is out there and it's on one of those libertarian think tank uh, websites where they really just dig into the history of how criminal of an organization that the post office has historically been and it's really just an eye-opener in this case the lingering question says the postmaster general is that if the postal service runs out of money is which bills will be paid and which will not ensuring the payment of workers salaries comes first he said but other bills may have to wait so it's possible that you know we may come to a budget situation where the workers are getting paid but there are other vendors or whatever aren't getting paid, and so nothing's going to happen, but the workers are still going to get paid to come in and not do work. I don't know. It seems like a very confusing situation. What happens when a quasi-private, semi-governmental agency like the post office runs out of cash? What do they do then? I guess they're going to probably print it up and bail it oh, out. They'll get a bailout. Yeah. Um, by the way, the post office pays no federal, state, or local taxes on its income, sales, Sweet. purchases, or property. Um, that this is obviously not like any... Uh, they don't even pay rent on most of their property. Yeah, a lot of that's true. If it's federally owned land, they've got, they get the whole building and everything on the house, on taxpayer's dime. And, you know, their their rates are... Their rates are uh, set, and you... I mean, there's no negotiation, no negotiating with these people. It's... It's a mess. In fact, the Postal Service even admits that even if they succeed in reaching their planned cost cuts of $5.9 billion, there could still be a $6 billion deficit in 2010. So they're already looking at billions uh, deficit this year, 3.8 or uh, yeah, 3.5, rather, excuse me, 2.8 billion, and then coming up, they're looking at even more, uh, 6 billion in 2010. So the you know, just the hole just keeps widening for this agency, and they're going to keep having to print out money, which means that they're stealing money from your bank account, that the value of your dollars is being stolen in order to prop up this inefficient, ancient, uh, antiquated, old government bureaucracy that just sucks at, do, at doing its job. And how much are they spending on fuel? You want to talk about a company that is ripe for something like electric vehicles? Oh, yeah. Boy, they could save a lot of money, but no incentive. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and apparently no money either. They're, uh, they're out. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features including live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Again, listen freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies has uh, 12 different seminars going on. It's 12 weeks a week, 12 week-long seminars in locations across the country from Chicago, Boston, Berkeley, Philadelphia, DC, and more. Participation is free and the Institute for Humane Studies provides housing and meals. The IHS offers seminars for people across the spectrum from those simply curious about libertarian the libertarian perspective to those extremely passionate about liberty. The IHS offers career-oriented seminars in journalism, public policy, film and production and academia. These seminars provide career advice, networking opportunities, and lectures on topics relevant to each career path. Go to libertarianseminars.com. Register today for the summer seminars, libertarianseminars.com. So the post office isn't completely out of money yet, but they are on the brink, and they're going to need some sort of uh, financial bailout from the federal government if they are to continue operating and that's what they're going to that's what they're going and doing basically is is asking for that they apparently they're offering early retirement to 150,000 workers they're eliminating 1400 management uh, positions they're closing six of its 80 district offices in cost-cutting efforts they uh, according to the story here had a 384 million dollar loss in the first quarter of the fiscal year which is usually the busiest period because of the holiday season so wow. That's a big loss, and they're going to be looking at losing even more after that. They say the recessions contributed to a mail volume drop of 5.2 billion pieces compared to the same period last year. If there's no economic recovery, the USPS projects volume for the year will be down by 12 to 15 billion pieces of mail. So, I mean, these guys are in a real, real bad way. What's Congress going to do? They're not going to do the right thing. The right thing, of course, would be to abolish the postal monopoly, to let them still exist, but abolish the monopoly, the law that's, that specifically prohibits anyone else from competing with the post office. And open up that field to competition and then let the market decide how to move advertisements and, and bills uh, around in the, in the marketplace. What? So if the post office can make it in a free market situation, good luck to them. How do you think they justify that law remaining on the books? I mean, what, what is Protecting a possible jobs? argument? Protecting postal jobs. Well, and keeping them from entering the private market? Well, then uh, what happens to their pensions, Sam? The pensions. Oh, It's okay. the union. Yeah. Once again. Pathetic. Right, because you get to when you work for the government, and I think the post office is included here because it's taxpayer dollars that usually go to pay the pensions, from what I understand at least. Uh, when you work for the government for 20 years or whatever, they give you a lifelong, for the rest of your life, pension, which is a decent percentage of what it was that you were making when you were actually showing up to work. And, and they guarantee it forever. So these are the people that have to be sat. These are the bills, as they were saying, that have to be satisfied first, is to take care of their own people. So... Even if you open the Postal Service up to competition, they wouldn't be able to survive because they're already almost in the red. How could they pull out? How could they all of a sudden innovate quick enough to pull out of the mire that they're in? I don't know if they could do it. Even if you gave the post office all the buildings that it owns and uh, you know, said that you know, the government said, we'll take care of all the pensions that uh, up to this point. And here's a billion dollars. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. And here's a, bill, a, a cool billion bucks. Good luck. <laughs> now go on and do your thing. 
six months. And, and, <laughs> you're going to have to pay taxes like everybody else. They're going to be out of business. That you'd, yeah. you'd see post office trucks like lying on Broke their side down. on the side of the road. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Somebody in those little uh, silly blue shorts, the black stripe down the side, walking, just walking. Mail home. starts getting lost. <laughs> you know, showing up in gutters on the side of the, the road. They have. I mean, I'm sorry. Isn't that the, already happening? The, the mail getting lost. It does happen. Yeah, but it's pretty rare. It's pretty yeah. rare. All right, Rain so the sleeter snow my foot. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, when it's too snowy out, I remember last year they left me a note <laughs> in my mailbox that uh, that was very nice about requesting that I clear off the steps for their postal uh, delivery person, and I just thought, you know, if you can't be careful, uh, you're in New Hampshire, you need to be careful where you step, and I've got better things to do uh, than than take care of your postal workers for them. I used to get them because my trees would grow over into the street and hang too low, so the so branches they have to duck? would touch. No, no, well, they were oh. in, in their car, Oh, I but see. I would have to go up and get on a ladder and cut the branches up so that they wouldn't crush <laughs> the roof of the postal truck. Wow. <laughs> so I, yeah, that, that's an irritating noise, Sam. I mean, oh, I'm I, sorry. I should have been more <laughs> defensive of these guys here. How dare I? See, uh, toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Mac in Georgia on the amp line. Mac, you're on. Oh, excuse me, you're not Mac. Mac is here on Free Talk Live on the amp line. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's hey, on Mac. your mind tonight? Um, first of all, finally got my amp back. <laughs> you got your ass Body back. Amp. Where'd it go? <laughs> your, your amp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Secondly. I was listening listen to the podcast about the soldiers in the in the town with the murders. Mm. Yeah, down south. Eighteenth. Yeah, the yeah. national. Uh, no, that was actually the the uh, the the Marines that were in the streets down in the little town in Alabama. Well, if you look at parts of commentators, it will say that there are two types of soldiers: uh, a Title Ten soldier and a Title Thirty Two. Don't think where they get the numbers from because I don't know. Title Ten and Title Thirty Two. Okay. Basically, a Title Ten soldier, what I am, is a National Guard, Guardsman of the State Service, a State Guardsman, which is on state militia, which I am. And a Title 32 is a National Guardsman under federal service or the active service. Got it. Okay. Me as a Title 30, me as a Title 10 officer, me as a Title 10 soldier, I can do what they call military assistance to civil authorities. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what the soldiers in the streets were doing. If I was in National Guard, I would have to take I me mean, back up. But a Marine, basically. you're talking about what the National Guards, you're talking about when they work for the state, but the Marines yeah. are never working for the state governments. Yeah, what I'm saying is that, according to public commentators, they should never have been in the streets. Right. And and that's what the military is apparently investigating as to whether or not the the laws were broken. It seems pretty obvious. And you're saying here, Mac, from your experience, yes, absolutely, they were breaking their well, own laws. By investigating, you mean trying to come up with a good cover story? Yeah. Yeah. So you believe that? Do you believe that they're going to end up deciding that this was all a okay, that it wasn't a violation of the law? Or do you think that they're going to actually hold them, the, you know, hold the hold themselves responsible? I'm on the federal government here. Yeah. Okay. That's about all I needed to hear. Anything else on your mind tonight, Mac? Um. Oh yeah. Also going to be a father in about three more weeks. So oh wow. Congrats. Congratulations. And Thank Ma- you. Mark, you just had uh, your your baby's first uh, birthday, didn't you? Today. Today. Well, happy birthday to uh, to little Jack. Any advice? Um, well, I, I, I guess I don't. Uh, earplugs? <laughs> uh, didn't you get earplugs, Mark? <laughs> my my advice to you is get a good woman. <laughs> I hope you have that. 
Very good, man. I got a good one. Thank good you. luck out there, and thank you, sir. Good to hear from you. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything as we continue here with Matthew in Virginia. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, this is Matthew. Yes, Matthew. We can. Okay, sorry about that. I was having trouble hearing. Um, I am been reading all this stuff about the uh, Missouri State Police and their um, basic... Uh, demonization of the militias and how they're saying we're all anti-Semites. And, um, I noticed like you used the term we. We're going to come back with you here in a, a few moments. It sounds like you may be a member of a militia. Uh, we'll talk yes, more with Matthew here. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And yes, the government is uh, out there maligning militias yet again. Uh, we'll talk about it and take your calls about whatever you want. It is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. The bureaucrats undermine your right to bear arms. Now they're taxing bottled water. That's right, water. Log on to enjoybottledwater.org and tell them enough is enough. Sign the petition fighting taxes and regulations on bottled water. After all, if they can tax water, what will they tax next? It's enjoybottledwater.com. Please go over there and sign the petition. Enjoybottledwater.org. Excuse me. I keep on saying that. Yes, it's enjoybottledwater.org. Okay, so we continue with Matthew in Virginia. Matthew, you're back on Free Talk Live. And you were going to uh, comment from the perspective of someone who claims to be in a militia about all of the things that are going on as far as the federal government and the Missouri state government putting out this brochure, basically a uh, an informational brochure to its bureaucrats to warn them about people who are in militias and how to identify them and the things that they would they might put on their uh, their cars and the, some of the things that they believe in, and they were very. Very. What they were doing with their document was they were conflating people who love freedom, like people that might be interested in a Ron Paul campaign, for instance, uh, and libertarians and, and other people like that, with racists. They were making it sound like you know, these uh, that, that all militia members are racists, and uh, what were you going to have to say to that? Go ahead, sir. Well, um, I'd like to just point out that, like J.J. Uh, Johnson said, in a anti-terrorist uh, uh, subcommittee back in 1995... He's a black militia member. He said, if my ancestors had guns, we wouldn't be slaves in the first place. It's true. And um, just basically, the militia movement is is nonpartisan. Uh, for the most part, the mainstream militia. I have worked with the Michigan militia. Um, it's uh, it, They don't care so much uh, about your sex or your age, you know, so long as you legally own a gun and you're a law-abiding citizen, you're welcome. 
Um, and, oh, darn uh, it. I guess I'm not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither um, am I. I, I can't legally own a gun. <laughs> I'm not a law-abiding citizen. I don't know if I legally own guns. Well, apparently I'm a, I'm a, a homegrown terrorist, even though I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I mm. went to three tours in Iraq, went in Afghanistan, so... Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess I'm, I'm, according to these guys, a homegrown terrorist. So what do you do? Um, I mean, what does one do in a militia? Do you all meet up on a weekly basis, once a month? Do you go out and shoot guns, blow stuff up? I mean, with, they go through training sessions. What do you, what do you do? With my local militia, we're, we're, we're starting out as, as very small. Um, we have about a squad of 60 people. Um, we're all fully functional mostly ex-military, some police, um, Department of Corrections. And we go over some of the Ricky Recon stuff, you know, um, navigation, um, search and rescue. We'll go through communications, proper use of radios. Um, A lot of the discipline stuff that the U.S. military goes through. And this comes from the 1903 Act, the Militia Act, stating that all willing and able bodies between 18 and 45, are part of the unorganized militia. So, according to that act, um, you are required as a citizen... Well, I'm not a citizen. (laughs) And you can't prove that I am. (laughs) No, I'm serious about that. I mean, the definition of a citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return uh, for an obligation of protection from the state, and the state has ruled over and over again consistently that there is no obligation to protect, so therefore there is no citizen. And plus, how a bunch of men and women sitting around in a room signing their names to pieces of paper can obligate me to do absolutely anything is beyond my comprehension. Can you explain that? That said, I'm all for militias. Oh, I like the idea of a militia if it's voluntarily entered, and it sounds to me like you've voluntarily chosen to enter yours. However, if I'm forced to enter your militia, you will find me opposing that particular I, I, I do not blame you at all. This is this isn't forced conscription. This but it, is, but it um, sounds to me like what you're telling me is that you guys are out. You're training to do things that could actually be useful in an emergency situation. That you're not meeting every week to plot, you know, the destruction of the federal building in town or something no, like it's, that. No, it's not. It's we aren't this Timothy McVeigh guy. Even if you want to say that Timothy McVeigh blew up those buildings. By the way, there were four explosives instead of just one that they reported on the news. But um, mostly it's um, it's strictly constitutional, and I'm going to revert back to a part of my oath. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So help me God. So, that being said, we take a very constitutional stance, and we, uh, we uh, have a very... Um, regimented uh, thought in the concept of escalation of force. Do you, do you think it matters that you take a constitutional stance anymore? Do you think the government cares? I mean, well, re- reading the, the six-page report, is that, that's what I assume you're referencing. I read through that. It, it, right. it, I was, I I mean, was a little shocked by it. I mean, you're going to find jackholes anywhere you go. Um, but w- the point is that I'm trying to make is no, you know, it might not be popular with the, you know, with with everyone else. But the fact is, is that the militias have been in the United States, well, in American, you know, since the 1607, 
when the English landed on, on Virginia. Well, I, I would agree with your stance that, yes, this is a part of American culture and history and tradition and so forth, but I think it's coming to the point where the politicians realize that the system is coming apart at the seams. The wheels are falling off the cart, and they right. know that the militia groups are going to be you know, active down the right. road, and, and there's going to be lots of people opposing the federal government as as you know jobs become scarce and you know people are hungry and it, right. whatever ends up happening as the US falls from its position of dominance they know all this is going to happen so they're doing whatever they can to undermine the militias to right. they'll, they'll probably go through and do sweeping arrests at some point i, I wouldn't put it past them well I, I wouldn't either um especially with the patriot act coming in i i yeah. Um, well, you you should be congratulated for having the courage to continue and stay in the militia in the face of all of this, you know, anti-militia fervor that's beginning to spring up. I think that you're very courageous for doing that. I thank you for the call and uh, and telling us about what your experience is tonight at 800-259-9231. Because uh, even though being as you pointed out, being in a militia may not be a popular thing to do. I mean, what what is popular? I guess going to clubs or whatever that's popular. Watching uh, football, uh, watching drinking beer, sports. Yeah. So it may ignoring not ignoring the government while they steal our money and yeah, freedoms. That's yeah, what's popular. It may exactly. not be popular, but there are people up here in New Hampshire, many activists that are going out and they're doing what's called open carrying. Now, a lot of people in around the country may not know what an open carry is. It's where you're actually walking around with a firearm or I guess other weapon. I suppose you, you could carry an open carry a sword if you wanted to, but walking around with a weapon actually openly carried on you in that it's not concealed. It's not underneath a t-shirt or or something like that. It's actually strapped to your hip or your leg or, or wherever that uh, it's openly visible to anybody. And this is also something that is just not popular. It's not something that's done on a regular basis, which is one of the reasons why the activists have basically taken the position that it needs to be done more often in order to essentially exercise the right. Because if you don't exercise are right, like a muscle, it's going to atrophy, and it'll be much easier for the government to just destroy uh, that particular right if nobody is out doing whatever it is what we're talking about, whether it's being in a militia or open carrying or whatever, then it's going to be much easier for the government to just roll right over top of these people. There was a group of activists in uh, Nashua or, or Manchester planning some kind of open carry event in one of the parks, and they wrote the police to ask their opinion, and that was exactly what they said is, well, we recommend against it because there are citizens who might be at the park with children who mm-hmm. could be alarmed, and we just we we might get calls. So right, they might have to respond. We don't want you doing that. But you, we don't want you exercising your lawful rights that we're sworn to uphold because it may mean more work for us. Right, and what I what I find really interesting is that a lot of times. Some of the nicer police departments will say, well, you know, it's totally your right to open carry, but will you do us a favor and call us if you're going <laughs> yeah, to do it? that was the request at the end of this letter. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Please I gotta, give us the date and time. Right. i got to give you a call and give you a heads up when I want to go exercise my right? Don't think Please. so. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Martin. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? You can do that by becoming an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board the AMP program for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board. 
forward with the program and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, in fact, the, uh, all the advertising that we do uh, within the radio industry, and again, the AMP program makes this possible, we we continue to build our brand, right? The the program directors around the country continue to see Free Talk Live, and of course the magazine that we advertise in the the ind- the industry publication for talk radio business is Talkers Magazine, and of course the more we advertise, the more likely Talkers is going to be to be more friendly to us. I guess is the way it kind of works. And so coming up here tomorrow, I've got an interview with Talkers Magazine scheduled they uh, they called me up they want to talk to me about my home studio because as you know if you've listened to the show for a little while uh, we're not doing this from some big expensive corporate radio facility this is in my this living a, room this is an expensive uh, living room is what it is it is an expensive uh, living room but it's a home studio and so they want to talk to me about it they're writing up an article because you know right now a lot of talk show hosts are losing their jobs and they're looking for a way to stay in the business and and one of those ways is to essentially start your own home studio and you can do like uh, you can do fill-in work basically. You can you could do host a show in California from your home studio in Ohio, and that station that's looking for that fill-in work could pay pay that talk show host for for that week. And so they're coming to me to ask me for my comments on having a home studio. So this, this is one of the natural offshoots of the advertising that we do in Talkers Magazine that is funded by the Free Talk Live AMP program. So it's our amplifiers that are making all of this possible. And, and I've also talked to Michael Harrison over at Talkers. He's he's already promised me another speaking gig at the upcoming Talkers New Media Seminar this uh, this summer where all the talker, talk radio bigwigs gather together and you know they talk about the business. And so I, I had a, a seat on a panel last year. I don't know what they're going to do with me this year, but either way, it's, it's pretty exciting as Free Talk Live's profile in the industry continues to build and, and get bigger. Uh, it's all because of listeners like you contributing three bucks a month to the AMP program and getting a few perks in return, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the chat room, the forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls, uh, we will talk to, uh, let's go to Dave in New York. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Dave? New York? Going once. Dave in New York, going twice. Let's talk instead to... Oh, hello? hello, I hear you. Okay, good. Yeah, sometimes my cell phone goes bad. Uh, I just want to discuss the militia movement. I only heard the word militia and my internet cut out, and then I had a phone call, so I don't really know what the fella had said. But I wanted to mention that the militia movement has supported every peaceable means of stopping this, going all the way back to the early 90s since... Uh, Bush Sr. started pushing a lot of gun control in the media, et cetera, and they started demonizing gun owners. And since that date, uh, since the early 90s, the militia movement has delved into the money supply, delved into U.N., Council on Foreign Relations, all that fringers-type stuff, and has worked to expose what is going on. Like Alex Jones literally is a carbon copy of Mark Cornkey and uh, Bill Cooper, he totally bit off what they were doing. Bill Cooper was killed uh, in 2001 by a bunch of Arizona sheriff, uh, sheriffs um, dressed as punk teenagers. And Mark Cornkey was framed for uh, robbing a bank in Detroit when he was directly across the street from a sheriff's department. And there's a whole video of the squad car chase and everything. It's actually kind of funny. But so you're the saying these militia leaders were uh, were basically set up and screwed over? 
Well, they sent Timothy McVeigh around to Waco, to uh, Mark Cornkey, to Bill Cooper, to all these different places to tie them in together when they did that operation to blow up Oklahoma City, to demonize the militia movement because of the power behind it. But ultimately, the whole point of the militia movement is to at first raise the shield because these people aren't going to stop because of protesting. They'll just throw tear gas at you. That's what they do. The militia movement is not about striking first. It's about raising the shield and being ready to strike back with the sword. Like Mark Cornkey points it out this way and says, you cannot negotiate with a backed-up toilet. And I've called and I've mentioned the firearm sales and this, that, and the other. And I mentioned there's not enough gun grabbers to pull this off. There's not enough people who can pacify the American people into going with a Bosch-Levesque-style revolution where we lay down like dogs. I don't know. I think I was trying to make. It sounds like, though, that you've limited the possible outcomes to taking up arms against the government or taking up arms against the government. I mean, what, what other solutions do you see? That's the ultimate, ultimate. That's where if you boil it all the way down and you look at everything that's gone so far, it's prudence. It's, if it happens, we are ready. Well, and that, that's where I would disagree. I, I, think the, I think the fight is really in, in educating the people because the people are I, I the agree. ones funding the government. They're the ones, you know, the government exists because the people believe that it can still solve problems, that it's still an effective means, that we still need it out there, that, that you know, life would just uh, evolve into chaos and anarchy and people getting shot in the streets and the Wild West and whatever else. Most of this is what people have been taught in the government schools, that this is what would happen without us there to save you. But yep. I, I feel like the, the, the fight, if you want to even look at it that way, is is educating the people out there and, and showing them that, look, it's, it doesn't have to be this way. And that's what the militia movement has done, but they also tell you, Get a gas mask, get a rifle, get I don't camo. think, wait a minute, hold on, Dave. I don't think the militia movement has done really much of anything to educate. It seems yeah, to me they agree. hide out. It seems to me that they're agree. so afraid of their own shadow that they, you know, know they're not it. out educating anybody. They're just, you I'm know, training sure you know surreptitiously. the militia movement making those types of statements. Isn't, that, isn't that the problem? nothing but try to educate people. And they're very out in the open. They're just not going to get acknowledged by a GCN. Well, isn't that the problem? Is that uh, we, you know, that I, you know, here I am. I'm a liberty-minded individual, and I don't know that much about the militia movement. The but most we know the a most lot I've heard about, about it is the militia, uh, the Michigan militia, and, and we know a well, lot about over. liberty. We're really educated on the on these subjects, and all the three of us know very little about what the militia does. You'd think that if there were a militia here in the area, we'd hear about it. You know, we'd know what they or were if doing. They were doing outreach and educating people about these well, issues. Not popular in the Northeast. That's for sure. The people I used the to Northeast. live down in the Southeast and uh, never heard any, any never heard well, word Florida one. Florida is not necessarily the South, and there are a few militias. In well, where are Florida, they popular? Is it just small. the breadbasket? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. It, well, it has a lot to do with uh, the Christian ideologies. Well, you know, then we'll take your word for power. it that those militias are out there educating people and, and doing outreach into their communities. And if that's what they're doing, and, and they're raising their profiles and, and letting people know that they're not a bunch of racist uh, kooks, then I say great. They're, well, that's what the media would love, to, love for everybody to think, that they were racist kooks. But I'm telling you, anybody who looks into this, it's not. All right. It's all about the Minutemen being able to rise up and defend the country if needed if it's brought to our door which is starting to already if they try to take the guns that's bringing it to the door
Thank you, David, for the call tonight. What are we going to do about it? Yep, I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's a great question. What do you do when they come for your son or daughter, or they come for your guns, or they come for your gold, or they come for your freedom, they come for your house? What what do you do about it? Do you just go silently? Uh, Do you go loudly? Do you go out with violence? I still believe that we should avoid violence at, at at every turn if we possibly can, because if enough people were to just go ahead and go peacefully, it would burden the system. They wouldn't have enough. Uh, they, they wouldn't have enough jail cells for us all if that's what what it came down to. I just I hesitate to advocate uh, a violent response because I just feel like you're going to get wiped out, and I don't know if that's going to. I do too, but I mean, couldn't they? The, couldn't they throw people into concentration camps? Yeah, they could. That's true. They could. What is the answer? The answer really lies in educating people so that it doesn't get to that point. And you can do it right now. You can do it up here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. That's already it's already happening. We're already reaching out to people in the community, and I I see evidence of that more and more every day. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think that's the best plan. Is that uh, we just can't expect something like that to happen. And I'm glad that people like Dave are out there preparing themselves for it. I think there's a difference between preparation and, and worry. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that we should worry that that's a, something like that's going to happen. I think we should expect that the voluntary society is coming and that we're going to take as many steps toward that as we you know are humanly capable of taking in our in our lifetimes and keep our fingers crossed and. And that Watch said, I have an AK in the closet. So yeah, <laughs> so do I. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour number three is coming up. You can bring up whatever you want and take control of the airwaves. The number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. You dial in 800-259-9231. Hour three coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You dial in and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show. You enjoy all the features free. We give them away to you at freetalklive.com. Also, Sam, uh, he's got his own website. It's obscuredtruth.com. And you can view Sam's videos uh, for free there as well at obscuretooth.com. Does some great pro-liberty video production work, and it's great to see you back in uh, back in the the swing of things there. I know you've you've been working diligently on setting up a studio here in New Hampshire. You've been repairing some computers that unfortunately broke during the move, mm-hmm. and so uh, it was nice to see you getting back into the editing uh, the editing suite over the last couple weeks and crank out a few new videos at obscuretruth.com. Y- yep, and there's lots more to come. I'm sit- sitting on a lot of footage. All right, so uh, we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's start with Andy in Massachusetts. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. Andy in Massachusetts going once. Andy going twice. We're going to try instead Mitch in Missouri on the amp line. Hello, Mitch. Hi, yeah. Um, So I wanted to comment on the so-called patriot movement. Sure. Uh, So these are the people that, um, you know, think that they can do this or that to declare sovereignty, you know, not pay taxes, et cetera. Um, I think all these people are completely missing the point. And it, I think it's something they 
should understand because many of them uh, you know, are very liberty-oriented. Um, so even if everything they claimed uh, was true, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, we all know that the government doesn't follow its own laws. So, right. The, you know, it's, the, it's very intriguing what you're talking about, this movement, the patriot movement, where they come up with all these claims about how, okay, well, the government created corporations in your name. They're all in capital letters, and uh, you just have to dissociate yourself from the corporation, and here's what you need to do. You need to file this paperwork. Or, and, of course, everybody's got a different scheme as to how to make it actually happen. So if you try one guy's scheme and you you know it doesn't work out, well, you made a mistake. You should have filed this paperwork over here, or no, you, you picked the wrong scheme. You should have picked my scheme because I know the true way to get out of the system. Just follow my scheme. You can have it for $500 if you, if you uh, cut me a check. I'll be sure to get that information to you. And so there's a lot of people that are, that are essentially getting bilked out of money, and then they're finding out when they're in court that this stuff just doesn't work. And it's because of what you say. Even if the rules of the system say it's supposed to, the system itself breaks their own rules all the time. I tried some of this stuff. You know, I tried telling the, uh, the court in New Hampshire that I was a sovereign and you know, that I didn't consent sent to the uh, to their jurisdiction and uh, when i tried to say uh, you know i was under duress in the courtroom they wouldn't even let me get two words out of my mouth before they threw me in a jail cell yeah the handcuffs fit real uh, sovereign real fine yeah <laughs> your thoughts right yeah i mean i, I completely agree you know uh, even you know if everything was true the, the best case scenario would be you know the government allows these people to be free you know seeing that they were legally correct and if, if that were the case they would just go ahead and change the laws i mean you know, so, so that, in my opinion, would be the best case scenario. But well, I mean, we we see what happens with, to most of these people. They just, you know, they get thrown in jail. I'm not sure that they can change the law. There, this is something that I dabble in a little bit. I I do agree with you. At this point, the the bureaucrats are not even following their own laws. So that's why, you know, the first step I think is to find a way to really very strongly encourage them to follow their own laws by being able to bring criminal charges against them. So once you get that sort of uh, framework in place, and then they have to follow their own laws, then you can bring some of these more complex arguments. And I, I do think there is some reason to them, but I agree with you. They will just steamroll you and uh, throw you in a jail cell if you uh, try and make them at this point. Yep. Uh, well, those are my thoughts. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate the call tonight. Right. 800-259-9231. Let's continue and talk to Glenn in Missouri on the amp line. Hello, Glenn. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, evening, gentlemen. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to give a, an updated report from Missouri on this whole uh, fusion center uh, analysis report that tries to tie uh, violent uh, criminals with views completely in opposition to libertarians. To them, you know, they're they're anti-gay, they're you know white supremacists, uh, anti-Semite, uh, all this kind of stuff, and uh, it, it's the the uh, the political pressure, a great deal of political pressure now has come to bear on that fusion center here. Um, this morning, the lieutenant governor had a press conference about it and called for the uh, director of the department to be put on administrative leave, called for an investigation. Uh, the state house today passed an amendment to a budget bill for that department, saying that they would be completely defunded if any time in the future they... Um, put any uh, information about political activity in any of their reports. Mm. So it, this really has blown up here in Missouri. It's probably the, the top 
political sounds to me like the politicians the are right now. sounds to me like the politicians are blowing a lot of hot air because they are hearing things from their constituents and the constituents are very upset. I mean, even Glenn Beck, I saw a clip from one of his uh, television shows within the last week. He was talking about this issue on his show, and to Glenn, uh, you know, again, to, to Glenn Beck's credit, he's got to be, I think, the most promising of all of the major market talk show syndicated hosts out there. He really seems to be growing in a pro-liberty direction uh, on his show, which is is really unusual because they tell people in the talk business. That you're not supposed to change, but I, I've seen him, uh, you know, change, and I haven't really been watching him closely. Uh, he was wearing a "Don't Tread on Me" Gadsden flag T-shirt on his show the other day, and talking about how he was reading Thomas Paine's Common Sense over. Uh, the, He's you know, actually the rewriting that. Yeah, he did mention that. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but uh, but either way, it was it was I think it was a great sign. And so yeah, clearly there's been a lot of attention on the state of Missouri and this particular bureaucracy that came out with the re- the report that you're talking about that basically maligned libertarians and said they're a bunch of violent, uh, you know, crazy racist kooks. And of course, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth, at least of the libertarians I've known in my life. Um, but I, it sounds to me like all these politicians are doing is using this as an opportunity to, you know, to campaign for their reelection to to show you they're serious and they're listening, and we're gonna t- we're gonna show this bureaucracy what's for for doing this. I mean, this is out of control. You guys do this one more time, and we're gonna defund you. I mean, that's basically what you're saying they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, it it has turned. I mean, uh, libertarians in the state were working hard for almost two weeks to to correct, you know, the mischaracterization of libertarians and that. And we were getting a little bit of media coverage, but behind the scenes, we were working with state representatives, and this this finally, you know, blew up today. Uh, and uh, you know, some of them are doing that. You know, it has become politicized. You know, the Republicans versus the Democrats kind of thing. But uh, you know. It's got to be setting this, these these authoritarians and these uh, law enforcement agencies a little bit back on their heels, you know, and realizing that, you know, maybe there's a line they can't cross. Maybe. I hope you're right. I mean, it's, I appreciate your optimism. And uh, any other thoughts for us tonight, Glenn? No, I just thought I'd, I'd give an update, uh, you know, that uh, things are happening and, you know, this isn't being, uh, you know, uh, you know, the common phrase, nothing to see here, move along kind of thing. It actually, you know, is becoming uh, big news. and. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll make some slight change towards the better. Maybe so. And I, I keep up the optimism. I do appreciate it. Thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. But I don't think that a bunch of politicians blustering and, uh, you know, making podium speeches is really indicative that something significant is uh, is occurring. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe they will shut down this particular bureaucracy and, and you know, punish them and show them what's for. But then again, this stuff, these claims about liberty-minded people have been going around for a, a long time. The federal government was were, uh, was making claims like this in brochures at the end of the 1990s, and now we're seeing similar claims showing up in uh, in Missouri. And if they passed a resolution to say, you've been naughty, then yeah, yeah, okay, it's something. You can't knock that. And if, hey... The really, we pulled off here in New, um, New Hampshire. Well, I would say the best thing uh, out of what Glenn's caught, what Glenn said there was that the libertarians have gotten press as a result of this. I think if anything, that's the real win. Not that the politicians are making motions like they're trying to do something about it when we all know that they're just political hacks and they'll do whatever they can to get reelected. But to uh, to have the libertarians getting on radio shows or getting interviewed on television to correct to try to correct their image, that's. I mean, that's that's good news. Anytime they're talking about you, as long as they spell your name right, usually it's a good thing, right? Generally, yep.
All right, so that's how I would that's how I would spin that one. We continue here and take your calls about anything. Ladies first. Barbara is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Barbara. Barbara, are you there? Barbara going once. Barbara going twice. All right, well, maybe we'll uh, put her on hold, try her back here in a bit. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Still to come here tonight, the representatives, so-called, in West Virginia are trying to, I guess, they're, they're trying to take a little bit of a special right for themselves that everyone should have. We'll talk about it. It has to do with guns and the state assembly. Well, we'll get back to that here in a minute. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can bring up uh, anything, as always, as the point of the show. You can also join the fun online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. You can put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. It's a free account. You can go over there and uh, get an account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. It's, it's privacyharbor.com. As we continue here with your phone calls about whatever you want, we're going to go to, I think uh, we've got John in Georgia. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. yeah. John, what's on your mind tonight? I was wondering about uh, that uh, not much attention is paid to the historical um uh, development of this uh, conspiracy that um, a few people know, for example, that the pharaoh of Egypt was an, uh, a Greek uh, since the time of Alexander the Great, that uh, that the conspiracy actually comes from the Egyptians. And what conspiracy and are you referring to? Have a I'm, I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. What What conspiracy are you referring to? I, I'm basically talking about the fact that people in power have governed us, and they do it uh, in a form in which we don't understand. You mean like legalese, uh, like a whole different language? Uh, no, I mean like they do not give us the information. Uh, information is something that is... Uh, give, give us uh, what information, though? Uh, all information. The, so the okay, so you're talking like um, yeah, early on it was the the church and they claimed to they they would keep the Bible even secret. Even earlier on, the Egyptians, the Egyptians would govern their people through their priest, who would tell them the information they should know. Okay, and, and then and you know we, once the, in the same sense are governed by our media. Who gives us the information that we should know? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening today. So once the printing press came out and the Bible became widely distributed, it, it changed the face of the world of the it way did. people and view the internet things. In the same sense, is doing the same thing today. right now. Yep. Uh, well, I think what's important to see is the the reason behind the conspiracy that it is natural for people in power to hold on to power 
because power is actually information. Well, no, uh, power affords them uh, benefits. I mean, they're, they're able to gain wealth off of it. They're able to do things they want with their life. But only because they have the information. Only because they have the knowledge. Well, they they only because Everyone they figured it, out a way to to use it to their advantage. There are people who have the information and the knowledge, but are not able to put it in practice and and exercise power over others. Today, today that's true, but in the past, knowledge was not that easy to get. Okay. In the past, you either had to, uh, in, the, in the Middle Ages, you had to belong to a monastery. Yep. And then in Egypt, you had to become part of the ruling class or the priest class. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's all true. Uh, knowledge is easier to reach today if you want to find it out. I mean, it's not that hard to do so, which means that the, the grip that these people have on their power is much more tenuous now than it has ever been in the past uh, be, because we can pass knowledge much easier now uh, with, the, with the Internet uh, and, of course, with the relative freedom of speech that we still have in this country. Uh, that's I think, I think the Internet is the, the number one factor as to why it is that uh, we, we will be free within our lifetimes. That, that's absolutely right. That's why well, that's why Bush couldn't even say the word. I mean, he said the Internet. He didn't really understand what it was. And the power is generally held with people that are older. So this, this inter- and the Internet is something that is something for young people that, that is difficult for older people yeah, to understand. Didn't, uh, didn't Joe Lieberman, or not, not Joe Lieberman, but the vice president, whatever the hell his name is, uh, didn't he say something like, what's the website number recently? Wasn't he being made fun of? Right, because that's, that's very true. The Internet is something that's really in the hands of the youth, and it's not really something that older people can understand. I think that frightens uh, the uh, the old guard. I think it's, it scares them, well, and I think it should. It of course it does. Information is the way that power is held. That's why religions in the past were always a cult. They were all private institutions that if you wanted to become a Pythagorean, you had to be invited or if you wanted to become part of the Mithraic religions, you had to be invited. It wasn't something that everybody was given. Christ comes around and gives it to everybody. They kill him. Knowledge was was the absolute thing that people were not allowed to have. Good observations, John. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I would agree. And I just read a study a while back that says religion is on the decline, just pretty much across the board, United States included. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means people are starting to look more, like I would say, within themselves for answers. It means they're thinking for themselves rather Good than sign. than letting somebody else tell them this is the way you should live your life, just like government does. I mean, that that's got, religion used to be government. It's true. You know, I think the most important thing that I got out of that call was that uh, Ian thinks that Joe Lieberman's the vice president. <laughs> they all look the same to me, Mark. He's not. A bunch of old, <laughs> ugly, white guys. I mean, that's... What? Joe Lieberman's Jewish. I, I think he could argue his whiteness. Didn't somebody... Uh, I don't know who it was that said this, but it's a great quote, that politician or politics is basically Hollywood for ugly people. Yes, and that's not recent. No, it's not. I don't know who it was, but somebody said it, and it was great. I don't know who it's been attributed to. Yeah, 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. We go to John in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John, Arizona? Going Hello. once. Hello, Ian. John. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Ian, Sam, and Mark. Uh, glad uh, I was able to get through. This is actually my first uh, first time call. Welcome, sir. So uh, if I stumble over my words... Uh, you understand. It's okay. We do it all the time. We'll just drop you. 
<laughs> yeah, actually, I wanted to call in while Sam was there because I wanted to speak to the issue of rights and morality, which is something that uh, Sam has said before. He doesn't really subscribe to the whole morality paradigm. Is that right? Uh, in a sense, I, I don't believe in right and wrong. I, I, I understand that it's a judgment, and as a judgment, it's simply based upon my beliefs and my values, and that as individuals, we all have different beliefs and values, so my interpretation of right and wrong is going to be different from somebody else's, and I, I know that you know I'm not the one to tell somebody else that they're doing it wrong, that I've got it right and they're wrong. That, that's right. the problem with it. Right, so more moral relativism is uh, is the real issue there, right? Yes, that's okay. Yeah, because you talk about rights and yeah, as opposed to privileges and and so on, which is all you know. If you're going to be talking about, I have a right to do this. I don't have a right to do this. we're, yeah. we're talking about the moral paradigm. Well, I, I want to jump in, and when I talk about rights, I'm typically doing it in the context of the government system. So when I say uh, freedom of the press is a right, I'm saying that because the bureaucrats have said that's what they say. This is a right that you have, and we swear to protect this right for you on your behalf, and that's why you're giving us this power so that we can do that for you. We'll come back with more of you, John. Hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You bring up anything, that's the point of the show. It's why we call it Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it, everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away to you, including the archives, going back for an entire year's worth of the show, totally free on the front page of the website. Enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained to resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is SACL CAI. As we go back to John in Arizona, uh, John, you're back on Free Talk Live. Wanted to make sure you had a chance to get uh, any more points out you might want it to make. Yeah, I think uh, the, the point that I really wanted to make was uh, that whenever you speak about rights, whenever you talk about rights, even though you're trying to restrict your interpretation of what a right is in the government sense, a right is not really a right unless you contrast it with a wrong, which means we're talking about morality. So... Um, to to say that you have a right is to say that a government agent, somebody who calls himself a, a government agent, if they violate your right, they are committing a wrongful act. They're doing something wrong. So, well, so talking about right and wrong. I would jump in. I would respond by saying um, they swore an oath to do A, B, and C, and when they when they do not do A, B, and C. They're dishonoring their agreement. They're violating their word of honor and and discrediting their own integrity. So 
that in a sense is doing a wrong. When you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it, that's that's wrong. Well, wait a minute, Sam. When you say you don't believe in the idea of right and wrong, does that mean that you don't believe that right and wrong exist uh, objectively or that you don't believe that even you could label something right or wrong? Because I think that there are certain things that are right for my life and wrong for my life, but those things might not be the same for you. Your What's right for you and what's wrong for you may be different for me. So I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily anything that's, uh, that is right and wrong amongst all people, but for each individual, should, don't they get to set that for themselves? Yes, yes, and yes. I, I think okay. that there is such thing as right and wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's wrong. Well, to, then you guys disagree. Yeah, That's fine. <laughs> um, I think that it's wrong to initiate force against somebody. I, I happen to agree with you on that, but the people that initiate force, let's talk about Hitler, for instance, he believed he was doing the right thing. Hitler so, needed a bullet and got one. I, I see where you're coming from. What I'm telling you, though, is that Hitler's view of what was right and what was wrong differed from other people, and obviously a lot of people agreed with with Hitler, well, I mean, whether, whether they were brainwashed or not. Uh, I they agree had with a Sam. Viewpoint. So morality works. So somebody who uh, had, had no uh, involvement with Hitler... But took him out with a sniper bullet. They're initiating force. Were they wrong? I, I, my my position is that it's all about perspective. It, it's about your perspective and the way that you view the world that also comes into play when you determine right and wrong. And different people have different perspectives, just like they have different beliefs. And I like the idea of getting people that have similar beliefs and perspectives together in the same place, which yeah. is one of the things we're doing here. We're it's deliberately thing that works. right. We're deliberately gathering like-minded people, people that have a very similar value set, into the same place and watching and seeing what what happens and what's happening is is pretty amazing so far. John, any other thoughts? Yeah, I think it boils down to the principle of moral equality. What I would call an absolute wrong is any conduct that violates the principle of moral equality that makes me and you unequal. In yeah. other words, I, I have my own conscience. I can exercise my own conscience my own way. You have yours. And if, if anything I do violates or deprives you of your freedom of conduct within the, according to your own conscience, then we become unequal. Yeah, sounds like you've got a good definition people. there, and sounds and like this you've, is absolutely wrong. Yep, sounds like you've got a good uh, set of uh, definitions there for your moral uh, viewpoint, and I thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark is making indicators that <laughs> I, I don't understand. I think that's all for celebrity on the line. Oh, great! All right, so we're continuing here with Andy in Michigan. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live. We'll take the calls as uh, they are appropriate. Hello, Andy. You're on Free Talk Live. How do you do? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I was going to talk about uh, how uh, the government politically profiling people is tyranny. Um, I heard on Free Minds Radio that they were doing it in Missouri, and there was some kind of FBI thing in Arizona about it. I'm sure you guys have discussed it a little. but Yep, yeah, we've talked about that, and we talked about it tonight, in fact. Um, but I, since Sam is there, I wanted to get away from that and go to the point that I was going to make at another point. Um, Sam, specifically... What is your view of the, the relevance of, well, I think I know what your view is of the relevance of, of the defense of the, the victimless crime defense, where, wherein, like, say, I'm caught touching a plant or something, and I go to the court because they demand that I go there. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. 
and I tell them that I, I need to see a damaged complaining party before I would consider this a legitimate crime. Is, is that not really the definition of what real common law crime is? I would say so, yeah. There has now, to be... How, a... how do I... How, how can, can sovereigns upon the land, if you will, how can people that, that think in this manner, how can they assert that this is true? In today's court system, I don't know that they can because... How can they assert what is true? I, just, I don't understand the question. That, that there has to be a victim. That If there's no corpus delecti, meaning no body of evidence that no a, complaining a crime party. has happened and something linking me to that damage or that, that harm, that there really is no standing to, the... to bring a complaint. Right. And you're saying you can't bring that up in court? Is well, that's what I want. That's what I, I think the court. If I get into a situation where I'm forced into one of these courtrooms, and I know that there is no damaged complaining party, as I like to think of it, then I would certainly think that uh, that it's within my right to ask for one. But how do I how do I express that I have this right? Do I is this right codified in any manner that that you know of? So I think the the person who's done the best job of of forcing the courts to address this question is Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens at markstevens.net. That's yeah. Mark with a C. So check him out. He's done, he's, he has uh, some scripts that he's written up that, that sort of lead you through the questions that are hard for the bureaucrats to weasel out of. And I think it really also takes writing an appeal, expecting to lose in the lower court because you can't, they won't let you bring up these kind of arguments under their system. And mm -hmm. that has to be addressed by one of their appellate courts. Um, I think that if, I think that if, if all of us did this every time that we were victimized by these tyrants in this manner, then it, their it, system would crumble. That their system would collapse yes. under its own weight. It would. They, they, they're not set up to handle it. They're struggling just to keep the caseload that they have today to, to and it, get things done. Their whole caseload is, is based upon a societal brainwashing Yep. That it's starting to crack, and this, and it goes right back to the issue. Why are law enforcement types and politicians profiling libertarians? This is why. Because they know if this happens, they're done. Yeah, and I think uh, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier with the, the old guard, the, the people that are in power right now and exercising it over others. Include somebody that's handing out FIJA brochures in front of a courtroom. Certainly, that's it will. The first one they want. But I think at the same time, they don't understand what's happening. They don't understand the sweeping changes that are coming across and the new kind of knowledge, as one of the other callers talked about earlier. They still think it's a bunch of kooks out in the forest yeah. playing with their guns, and the liberty movement is much larger than that. I read this FBI report, or whoever it was, the six-page report that said, you know, if you have the bumper sticker or fly this flag, then you're one of these crazy people. And they outlined all these things. They believe the government's unstable, may collapse. And they went through all of these things that we talk about, which are all you know pretty I much true, but... I, I what I don't think they realize is that when the law enforcement people read them, they're going to start to kind of wake up to some of these ideas, and they may be causing more harm 
then uh, then good by putting this kind of propaganda out because it's going to start backfiring on them one day. Andy, thanks for the call. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's an interesting point, Sam, that these a lot of law enforcers might read these things and say, well, wait, I like guns, and or I, I kind of agree with that. I'm, yep. Am I a terrorist now? now uh, More's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote the show at uh, promote.freetalklive.com. Whole list of things you can do, most of them completely free or very low cost. Promote.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Again, freestateproject.org. As we continue here, uh, West Virginia, Mark, there's a story about guns in the state house. Is that right? Oh, well, it's not exactly in the state house. Not the state house? Uh, it's about the delegates themselves being able to bear arms. Oh, the delegates. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Controversy often inflames passions, and mindful of uh, this lawless age and a pr- propensity of some in society to go over the edge, a few lawmakers want the right to arm themselves without a weapons permit. One sponsor of such a House bill, in fact, Delegate Mark Hunt, uh, played a relayed a personal threat directed at him and his family, penned by the hand of a convict, a self-described monster. The man behind bars warned that of uh, what he intended to do to Hunt and his children. Hunt decided to leave nothing to chance and get a firearm, but he was told he had to wait during uh, during a two-month concealed weapons application process. Oh, the poor baby. He could so, be hurt in that amount of time, right? You know, he could, and he's right about that. I mean, it's it's awful that people have to wait in order to purchase something to defend their families with, but he's basically trying to do an end run around this now, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. Despite the written threat, the man was released, and authorities picked him up a day later. Hunt was a co-sponsor of uh, a bill aimed at adding members of the legislature to a list of officials and others who are allowed to skip the waiting period and carry a firearm, concealed. I assume that's what they're talking about here, concealed. I just added that. Hmm. Delegate uh, David Walker, the lead sponsor, says he's never been threatened, but if he were, he wouldn't hesitate to arm himself. I ride around with my legislative license plate on my vehicles, and I want to walk into a business with my name tag on. I wear it all day. I don't even think about it. Walker pointed out that uh, lawmakers often deal with controversial matters, like hurting people that have an initiated force against you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that can set certain people off, yeah, like, you know, anybody who's sane, and provoke them to violent episodes. Well, that would be unfortunate, but, you know, that's what happens when you hurt people that haven't hurt you. I don't have a concealed weapon and and no desire to carry one, he said, but I do believe that we have the right to bear arms, and I'm a firm believer in that, and the situation would would arise and somebody would threaten me. I'd feel better if I didn't have to wait nine or ten weeks to get a permit. By we, he means the ruling class. Right, that's what he means. Because he he really doesn't care about anybody else having to wait this nine or ten month period, excuse me, nine or ten week period in order to get uh, the weapon. And if they get threatened or hurt in that amount of time, screw Eh. the little people. It happens. That's what he's saying. Who cares if you're living in a trailer park uh, and somebody down the street is, uh, you know, just really dangerous and you're worried about the safety of your kids? Who cares about those people, right? Who cares about people living in a in the ghetto uh, that are, you know, are having a, a tough time 
with uh, with the safety factor of the d- dangerous thugs that are around their neighborhood. Who cares what the reason is? If you want to carry a gun you sh- concealed on your person, you should be able to do that. We have the right to bear arms in this country. No, I you agree don't. with everything. No, we, you don't. The the idea is is that we do. It's a nice idea. Um, the the uh, and I agree with everything this guy says, except the idea that it should just be just for him and uh, his buddies. For, yeah, just for the few, you know, for the, the the handful of people in the legislature. Right. Yeah. So basically, it's, he went through the pro. He found out what the process was because he got scared someone had threatened him he all of a sudden decided he needed to have something to defend himself with and then he discovers for the first time ever even though likely you know all kinds of gun control legislation has passed through his hands he's probably signed off and voted for it without really having any idea what he was doing because that's what so-called representatives do they pass legislation uh so then he discovers how onerous of a process how difficult it is to actually acquire a handgun through legitimate channels and he takes personal offense at it but what's he do he says well i just want to be allowed give me an exemption because my i'm special and i deserve this and they passed did they pass this thing mark or is it just a proposal right now um at this point it's just a proposal okay so it hasn't actually gone through, and so therefore he still has to wait uh, to get his gun, just like everybody else does. Which, again, if you need to get a, uh, your your hands on a firearm, you should find a private seller because g- going through the the system just puts you on their radar. They'll know that you're a gun owner. So if it ever does come down to a gun confiscation situation, which many gun owners are very frightened of at this uh, this moment in, in time, they'll know who you are and they'll know where you live. Much better to go to a gun show or something like that. Find somebody who's walking around. There's always, at these gun shows, there are always people that bring their guns, their extra guns that they're looking to sell. And a lot of them will walk around with uh, 8.5 by 11 sheets of paper stuck to their back, outlining all of the different guns that they have, either on them or out in the truck or whatever. And uh, you can just spot the one that looks good to you and make an offer. You know, um, the idea that these laws prevent people from carrying weapons uh, that might want to hurt people is ludicrous. If somebody wants to carry a weapon and doesn't care about the law, they can carry the weapon. If somebody wants to carry a weapon and wants to hurt somebody, they can get that weapon. It is easy in this country. These laws are foolish, and the only thing they'd serve to do is to disarm the average little guy out there, because the legislators, they get to carry their, their weapons. Um, they don't have to wait the, the, you know, the, the, the period of time. It, you know, it's just the people that haven't gone through the process, don't care that much about you know, going through the process, but might need to arm themselves for you know, a few days or a week, you know, that important period of time when somebody might want to hurt them. Kennedy's, uh, the Senator Kennedy's Private security was caught with an an Uzi submachine gun, no license, and, mm. and well, he just sort of that was okay. I think they went and got him a license after that because you know you need to go ahead and do the paperwork. Senator's privilege, yeah, it's disgusting. Yep. Well, it is us and them. They really do believe that they are better than us little peons that are out here doing all the real work in this country because legislators do not actually contribute anything of value to society. They want to believe that they are so magnanimous and so wonderful. Uh, saving but, us all. Yeah. I mean, that's the story that, that's the story that they tell themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in point of fact, I have no use for them. And these and society itself is just burdened by them. They are not a benefit to anyone but themselves and their friends. So 800-259-9231. Now, it's not just the legislators that are the problem. It's also the court, uh, the courts and the executive branch. The the whole thing is just a mess, and there is no cleaning it up. Electing the right people is not going to solve the problem because government is inherently corrupted 
from its initial, the genesis of the idea, the idea that that some people should be given the ability to rule with uh, with aggressive force over their neighbors is it's just it's bankrupt from the very beginning, and it's inevitable that problems and unintended consequences will result from that. And here's a story for you from the Associated Press, the Hartford Courant, reporting that the Supreme Court of the state of Connecticut has recently ruled that drunken people don't actually have to drive their cars to be charged with operating a motor vehicle under the influence of alcohol or drugs. This is a lot of states. Yeah, my, uh, my cousin got a DUI for, for sleeping in the car. Five to zero ruling by the court came in the case of Michael Sir, who was arrested in Manchester in February 2005 in a parking lot near a bar. He had started his car remotely. It's one of these neat little features they have up here in uh, the north. I have uh, one. Yep, uh, so you can hit this little button, and your car starts up, and it allows the engine to get warm, so when you leave the building that you're in, you can go immediately to a, a warm vehicle that's uh, that's waiting for you. And so he was in the bar, started his car remotely, got into his car, and sat in the driver's seat while intoxicated, never put the key into the ignition, and certainly didn't drive anywhere. Because when you start your remote start, you can't actually drive the car until you put the key in the ignition. That's correct. And if you put your foot on the brake, the car dies. If you put your yep. foot on anything, the car, I mean, mm-hmm. either either one of the pedals, or if you have three, I guess. Mr. Sir is facing a year in prison, followed by three years of probation. He pleaded no contest after a judge rejected his dis- his motions to dismiss the case. It's his third conviction for drunken driving. Uh, presumably he was actually driving in the first two uh, but judges ordered the state appellate court which had thrown out his conviction to reinstate it and send the case back to the superior court for sentencing so the supreme court is basically saying that in starting the vehicle this is uh, one of the justices in starting the engine of his vehicle remotely then getting behind the steering wheel the defendant clearly undertook the first act in a sequence of steps necessary to set in motion the motive power of the vehicle he is guilty of dui for not going anywhere for doing what is a responsible thing getting in his car and since it's flipping cold outside starting it so he can actually you know stay warm and not freeze to death because just in case supreme court justices don't know this if you've drink alcohol if you're drinking alcohol you can feel warmer than you actually are drunks die in the snow because they think they're warm when in point of fact they're freezing to death so it's a real smart idea to have the heat on in the car but apparently that's illegal now so everybody in bars uh in connecticut's just gonna have to maybe hit the roads and actually try to drive home drunk instead of waiting it out in the parking lot to where a cop could find them and arrest them for dui we're trying to stay warm these people are keeping us safe freedom in america baby more tomorrow night free uh, freetalklive.com You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. 
Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.